Hello all and welcome to the 99th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that can offer a distraction to every world bar the Canaries one. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover City for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, VAR's about face, the emergence of the spare seat and follow the leads as we'll work through all that and more with our guests this evening and they are Norwich City number one chief at NCFC numbers also known as our very own Steve Sanders hello Michael how are you good thank you (laughs) also joining us tonight City fan and Canaries Trust board member Sarah Greaves hello guys how are we doing on this wonderful Monday it's the energy, bringing the energy. This is the way. It's so lovely to see you both. Um, I appreciate this podcast probably feels a bit like the short straw, but we are not going to project that image. We are going to be wearing big, happy smiles, and we are going to pick apart things properly with energy, energy, energy. I've taken my lead from what didn't happen on the pitch on Saturday. No, um, yes, uh, I'm very well. Um, Steve, how are you? Top job on hosting again last week. Thank you for stepping in while I um, took a took a took a break it was love mm. yes was it did you yeah. did you have a did you enjoy your long weekend i did i really did I, I mean it did end with me sitting at home on monday night watching the southampton norwich game in full back Ooh, when knowing the score time, didn't you? Wow, when knowing the score and the level of performance so i you, and know, you didn't even get I, a free scarf no i know yeah. did you get a free scarf well, hang on what yeah, the, the away fans at the Southampton game. Us, us fans, we got a scarf. I did not know this. Hey, you weren't watching that closely then. <laughs> you not see all the scarves looking identical in the away end. Are you sure oh. you watched it back, Michael? Are you just saying no, that so I, the bosses at the... Were there many... Sh- no, I, I, no, I didn't really. Although I may, Maybe I've completely blocked out the expressions of the fans and therefore what they okay. were wearing. Um, oh, what did the flag say on them? Scarf. Uh, sorry, scarf. Sorry. <laughs> it was just a green and yellow scarf with right. the canary emblem on, but very nice of them to give them to the fans who travelled. Good. Yeah. There's okay, a positive. Well, there's a positive. Mm, Probably would have two... taken, a, taken a point rather than a scarf. But <laughs> might be a 2,000 word article in that for you, Michael. You never know. No, but yeah, again, if, if yeah, the way that this season's going to end quite possibly. <laughs> we need to find the positives from somewhere. This is it. Wow. Hey, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Better than clap banners. Um, Sarah, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm wearing my, this is often my hat of like joy and good luck. And now it's my hat of comfort. I feel sort of comforted in it. It makes me feel connected to games we've won in the past and to, to happy times and makes me think that, that, that maybe they will return to us at some point in the future. Oh, it's all, it's all cyclical, Sarah. It's all cyclical. Um, we should say for the listeners, it's a, it's a green Norwich City oh, yeah. uh, beanie. What's the finest moment that that beanie has seen? Oh, this beanie has been with me since the 90s. So this beanie has seen UEFA Cup games. Wow. That's how old this hat is. Wow. And it fluctuates between being, is this a lucky hat or an unlucky hat? It's, it's a hat that's probably best times are behind it. <laughs> we have to be honest there. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. European football is a high bar. My hat. No, to be fair, yeah, it's never going to witness maybe UEFA Cup games again. Do you think do you, any Norwich City fan has an item of clothing that has seen as many good times as that hat has? 
like from the 90s does anybody like I'd be interested I, to know. Uh, in the cupboard over there I have my dad's scarf from the 1959 cup run yeah I guess yeah, yeah people will have some scarves people knocking about keep, won't they? yeah stuff from those old games right from those I, times I think I've got my scarf from my first game and that was like 1989 and, um, oh, okay. yeah, I wouldn't want to know what condition it's in now but um yes we well if anyone wants to let us know their 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 that keen memory like- that is yeah you know is is has lasted longer than some some people's hopes and dreams then that would be that would be wonderful um uh right uh, well i tell you what we're probably getting to the point where we should crack on with some from chat I, I did just want to add early on um that um all of the podcast thoughts are of course with those in and uh, fleeing Ukraine and rest assured that we will, uh, that those thoughts will remain with them, of course, um, for, for as long as is necessary. Um, it's a football podcast. Let's crack on, shall we, with this week's headline act. Oh, Yes. Norwich lost 3-1 home to Brentford. It feels like the Canaries world has ended. Is it really so bad? I've put here question mark, exclamation mark, which is what I write when I know it's a really important question. Um, Steve? Is that a direct question? Is it really so bad? I suppose, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there are worse things happening in the world right now, one of which you've already alluded to. Um, it's interesting you should say that really because I was I was thinking back. I mean, we are kind of we're kind of connoisseurs, aren't we, of the uh, of the disastrous home defeat in a must-win game. I was thinking back to previous seasons and um, like the Southampton game at the beginning of Project Restart two years ago, where we lost three um, nil. The the year before, not the year before that, but the season uh, the previous season we went down. We looked that three nil home defeat to Sunderland in a game that felt like we had to win it. Um, and then the, the relegation before that under Chris Hutton, Chris Hutton's final hurrah, where he got uh, clobbered by a clap banner oh. uh, when we lost 1 0 at home to West Brom. In a weird way, it doesn't feel as bad as any of those. I can't really remember exactly how I felt, but I, I don't know whether I'm slightly numb to it now. But I think what it ultimately comes down to is I don't think, almost from when the first ball was kicked this season, I've ever genuinely believed that we're good enough. And I think Saturday was just a manifestation of all the reasons why we're not cut out for this. You know, conceding stupid goals at terrible times, um, no physicality, not taking chances and not really having an attacking plan. You know, the, I, I still think the effort is there, but I just I just think there's a complete lack of quality. And, I, you know, we'll we'll dig down into the reasons why. But um there's no excuses for Saturday, really. We'll talk about VAR, I'm sure, and I have my own issues with that. But ultimately, like, I think Saturday was confirmation of what a lot of us have sort of um, been thinking for a while, but maybe just not kind of, you know, just denied it, been in denial about it. We're not good enough for this level. I think you just, you, because you're talking about something while it's happening, you have to... You, you things are fluid so you're always at a point where you could be proven right or wrong and i think you have to therefore give people 
benefit of the doubt there's a lot to there of water to flow under the bridge before things actually happen it doesn't mean that you weren't necessarily right in the first place <laughs> um <laughs> so it's probably way and that's that's my job in a nutshell especially i think um and it's interesting you mentioned that steve because um sarah one of the things tim cruel said after the game was that we had those early chances and you know we need to be taking those and going ahead because then the whole game is different and i'm like haven't got the quality to take those chances and haven't had the quality to take those chances at any at any point this season and i thought one thing that really stuck in my mind jonathan rowe um his assist means he is now joint second assist maker Ooh, that is ludicrous i mean as well as john's done he should be nowhere near that and that's because norwich just don't really score any goals at this level yeah and isn't, isn't grant hanley number three on the score sheet or something why not yeah, almost. So, well, he scored, I mean, so probably. Exactly. So there's there's bonkers statistics out there. I think, uh, you know, I'm always optimistic. Everyone tells me off for being too optimistic. I've been optimistic all season. I've been on this pod saying, no, they're going to put it together. They just need to, like, find the right formation or get some passion and belief and, you know, some fight and desire. And, and I went into Saturday not confident. I was not at all confident after sitting through... Southampton, where to me that felt like a game if they, you know, they were on that run, they turned things around, they were looking better, they had more belief perhaps. Yeah, that run, that few games where we got points, right? Remember that? <laughs> and I thought going into Southampton, you know what? I thought this could be the game where they get something out of it. And we really think that this miracle, this belief to stay in the league could happen. At least we're, we're not out of it yet. And Southampton just felt like we, we were kind of back where we were. The crowd were very much with them at Southampton, but we were kind of back where we were. And so I personally went into Saturday not that optimistic. The kids were very optimistic, thinking this was an easy win. And I did make them say till right the last minutes of the eight minutes of added time, telling them this was a good lesson in resilience. And we would stay, <laughs> we would stay to the bitter end, but... It, Yes, they had those early chances. They needed to take them. Did we think we, they were going to take them? No. Were we surprised they missed them? No. Did we ever think after they were one behind they would get back in that game? No. I don't think they believed it. And that's that to me is one of the fundamental issues with this team now. Like they don't believe in themselves they can do it. Something goes slightly wrong for them and they don't have a plan. They don't have... A formation they don't have. I I don't even know what formation we're aiming to play or how we're thinking we're even going to score goals by eventually punting the ball up the pitch to Puki. How are we making the best of a still very good striker who could be netting more goals at this level than he is? And, and, And we've lost that connection across the pitch between the players and what they're trying to achieve. And I think by by default from that they've lost the connection to the crowd you know the crowd were were with them and then the crowd just you know we were all there I mean I, I would say evaporate wow. and yes it did evaporate because people went and with them with the ones of us that were left were freezing but <laughs> but the crowd the crowd didn't believe it they went one down the team didn't believe they could get back in the game the crowd didn't believe they could get back in the game and it was a it was then a sad rest of the game to sit through in a way knowing I mean, what they, was coming yeah they, they never got the chance probably to get behind them in the second half because everything imploded so quickly yeah. um, which is certainly a point um, 
I mean, if we go, I can go through the instances because it's really interesting covering a game and you have an opinion where it's all unfolding in front of you and you get the odd replay and then you see it afterwards. So, I mean, uh, Norwich weren't hard done by at all on anything as far as I can tell. And please do pipe up if if anyone disagrees. But um, having now had a chance to properly watch Brandon Williams' penalty claim, it's definitely not a penalty because he... Oh, I've he, seen it again. He, I have seen it again properly now and he he just sort of goes down. Buemo, uh, whose name I really can't say, um, sort of... It looked from the angle from the press box that he comes into him and Williams goes down. It looks like a proper shove from where we were sat. But the replay, you can see it's really not that. Um, I, I never really had much of an issue with either penalty against Ben Gibson to be honest because A you should make the second challenge and B the first one's annoying but you, that's just really what it is really you can't put your boot up high <laughs> essentially oh, no. um, not in the box so that's that and both offside goals were right um, I, I wish it was communicated better at the time because I yeah. think that would have saved a lot for the first one um, well, the, the the thing is and sorry to get my high horse about VAR again in theory and I know this doesn't always work in practice but they always should be right they always should be right whether we agree with them or not you've got a professional who's looking at it and having good looks at it and so they they should be correct in what in what they're saying as a door mysteriously opens behind yeah. there's, a, there's a Pikachu calling across my floor for those who can't oh, see well one for the live watchers I love that oh wow there he is straight on the bed um Sorry, a Pikachu just cut me off um, in my tracks there. Um, <laughs> but but the, the point is that the first 20 minutes of the second half was a total farce. The whole thing, as as a fan inside the ground, we didn't see any action. Nothing, ha- you know, lots happened, but nothing happened. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, and, and also, I, ju- I just think that the two goals that were disallowed, technic- just a classic example of why I hate VAR, technically correct, and well done for getting it right, you know, but... Do we really want to cancel those kind of goals out and sit there for two minutes while they work out whether or not they are or aren't offside? I just, you know, the whole feeling of, oh, we're back in the game and then it balls on the center circle and then we're not again. And then it's 4-0 and then it's not again. It just, it became a bit of a joke being inside the stadium. And that was all, almost the worst part of it for me. I um Well, I was going to ask the worst thing about um the afternoon. So yeah. I'll take that as your answer, Steve. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it did surprise me. A, I forgot who actually scored the first Norwich disallowed or the Norwich's disallowed goal. Completely forgot. It was Rashidza, yeah. Um, but then watching it back again, the the the, the distance of the, the amount of time between it, the ball hitting Pookie, and then it sort of getting half cleared, and then coming back in the box, and then the shot on goal. I mean, it wasn't exactly like it was the cross that led to the goal. I mean, and even Pinnock's cross is. You know, I suppose that is at least a direct cross into the scramble. But I mean, it's, it's neither here nor there, really. It's just um, just what Premier League football is. And don't think you're going to get away with it um, from it in the EFL, by the way, because it's definitely going to be coming in next season. <laughs> uh, next, se- I don't know if it's next season, but it's already earmarked is for the championship, I think. So um, there is no getting away from it, I'm afraid to say. Um the, 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 I suppose the big thing here is that what, what's what's this gap to Brentford then? Because... I mean, we, you know, Brentford hadn't won since January, whatever, Sarah. And um, as as I've said repeatedly, I think since the moment Brentford went up by the playoffs, that was going to be a a a real um, well a, a, an issue for Norwich. I didn't want it to be an issue, but it it had the potential to be and is quite clearly an issue. That every excuse Norwich have um, for why things haven't worked out. Um, 
equally applies to Brentford too at the first time of asking are still yeah. making a pretty good and a better fist of it. Yeah, I mean, that they had an exceptional start to the season, right? I mean, when we went up to two years ago, you could say we had pretty good starts to the season and then it all unraveled, but they, they maintained more consistency going into the Christmas period. I, I thought as a team, they were way more physical than us. I mean, yeah, they were, they, they were making the most of fouls, but they looked like they could have pushed us off the park all afternoon, right? It was men against boys at times. It was just quite shocking um, to me, that sort of difference in in the physicality and the stamina of the teams. Um, and, and they looked up for it. They looked like they knew they'd been on a bad run and they were going to turn it around and that, that we were the team they were going to do it against. And yet we were clearly better than them last season, not in the games we played them directly, but over the entirety of the season, we were clearly a better team. And and I think as a comparison to us in terms of a team that has a similar size budget, you know, a similar size ground stroke fan base reach, you know, similar sort of coach. It It is, I'm pleased to see them. I'm pleased to see a team like ours doing well and perhaps staying up. I'm not pleased it's not us. I, I wish it was us making mm. those signings that they made and keeping their star players. I wish it was us who had managed to do those things because I, I wonder what will, what the next season will be like for Norwich City now. I have to say, um, I mean, I'm in no way convinced Brentford will stay up. No, I don't, I don't, think, they were, I don't think they were great. I don't think no. they were great at all. Like they were the first half. Oh, oh, they were better than us. They certainly were. But, but that, I, I do think the first goal was critical. I'm not saying that we deserve to get anything out of the game. We didn't. But I do think that first goal was critical. And I no, think I, that's the difference is that we gifted them that goal in yeah, a way. That yes, they again, would, it was like been. someone at the back post, not marked from a from a corner of free kick. And it was kind of like, what have we not been watching back? Have we not thought that was maybe a bit of an error that we should have perhaps worked on? Oh, um, I'm, I, as Tim Quill said, they are working on them. It's just then something else goes wrong somewhere else. And, and got you know, to be fair, in the first 10 minutes of one of those chances have gone in, things could have been differently. But I think I, I think over the course of 90 minutes, I think we would have been hanging on for a point. The, the difference is, I guess, that the only way I could have seen us winning was scoring one of those early goals. I think had had... Had we scored early, Brentford could still have come back yeah, into it, yeah, but I just yeah. don't think it would have ever happened the other way around. I think as soon as that first goal went in, yeah. I struggled to see a way that we could have um, ever got anything out of that. I did just want to mention Christian Eriksen um, mm. because I thought it was really interesting. Um, there's been a lot of really lovely stuff said about him. There's obviously the brilliant moment where Brandon Williams yeah, yeah, um, that was wants to nut him and then goes, <laughs> oh, no, no, it's Christian Eriksen. I want to give you a hug instead. Um, and I think we probably all have, um, you know, humankind probably feels the same. Um, it, I mean, it, he's play, he was playing in a slightly deeper role. They've just literally put a video up from Sky Sports with Jamie Carragher picking out some of the, I mean, the stuff with the ball he was doing was a, was a complete different level to anyone else on that football pitch. And most Premier League games I've seen this year as well, uh, this season. Um, he also got completely pressed out of it whenever anyone got near him. And, and he, you could see that he was sort of, not quite there in terms of that sharpness in those moments. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see if he manages to have that kind of influence in other Premier League games, because I do feel like 
that might have been a, a good opportunity for him to show of his good things because that's what Norwich do. They make players look good at this level sometimes. You know, when, played- when I saw that he'd gone to Brentford, you do sort of look at that signing they made and think, well, isn't that the kind of signing we could have made? Steve? Well, I, I don't know if Brentford, I, I don't know how they picked him up, but they do have these ties with in Denmark, don't they? So I don't know if, if he may have known Frank or some of the players or something I'm beforehand. Sure. That's possible. Yeah. Um, what was interesting to me is he played, I assumed he'd be taken off after an hour or something. But he played yeah, he for play. the whole 98 minutes as it was in the end. Um, and I don't know if that says more about our lack of competitiveness um, in midfield or across the entire pitch. Um, but it was interesting that he that he didn't get taken off. And, I, you know, if we're allowed to feel good for opposition players and I, so, some people still seem to have an issue with us clapping him when he was taking a corner for some reason, um, then I am so, so pleased for him. He's just, he's a lovely player to watch. The, 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 the cop, the cop applauded, the cop applauded Shemeswav Poheta when he emerged from the hoardings, having been down for three minutes yeah. at halftime mm-hmm. at Anfield. No yeah. one goes, oh, the cop, what are they doing? Stop being happy clappy. It's got nothing to do with it. Just show yeah. some kindness, everyone, for Christ's you know, sake. Even when we were three nil down and he came and took a, a corner in front of us, people were clapping him. And I think just... that sort of is a good sign of respect for someone who, you know, you know, is like back on that pitch. He's a, he's such a marvellous player as well. Like, I I sort of hope, I hope that Brentford stay up in a way. I mean, could it, it, if we're not going to overtake them, and let's face it, we're probably not. I sort of hope they stay up because they do seem like quite a well-grounded club. Some of their players are quite unlikable, but I hope they stay up for the club and I hope they stay up for Ericsson. Yeah. Let's not go overboard. Everton are currently losing, so, you know. I would still laugh if Brentford went down. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, you would. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I almost got asked directly on Premier League Productions, who um, produce Premier League content for the entire world, minus Ooh. England. So all of the rights holders across the world, PLP produce programs, programming for them, for all of those workers all across the world. I almost got asked directly about why I don't like Thomas Frank. <laughs> Did you? Well, <laughs> yeah. What, did they know or did yes, you give off they that? listened they listened to the on the ball podcast um <laughs> alex they? aljo who's yes. lovely and she was like um why don't you like thomas frank i'll ask you about that <laughs> if you want oh, we were going to get a, pod, a plug out of it but it didn't happen so uh, oh. the world was spared from that and and to be fair thomas frank is currently doing a better job than um than the two most recent uh, head coaches in the Premier League. So, uh, you have so. a grudging respect. So let's, uh, it's not even, no, it's not even grudging anymore. I want to keep this know, going though, Michael. I'm hoping that somebody one day will ask you, will listen to this podcast and, and actually ask <laughs> you that question. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, Norwich also exited the FA Cup, which is obviously, you know, why should we talk about that? But um, it did happen. Um, I, I didn't get to experience the ITV commentary. <laughs> oh my but, God, it was condescending. It was Jesus. <laughs> oh. Jesus. I think it's in history. I have still got that game. I haven't quite brought myself to watching that game. Um, I wouldn't. Yet, watch but... it with the sound off if you if you. Oh, no, no, I'm, no. Watch I'm it for the, the Rupp goal. I mean, you must have seen it anyway, but watch it for that. Oh, see, I've, yeah, well, I mean, I was at the game, but um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear the commentary. And we'll talk about Lucas in a in a tick. But I think that's for probably enough uh, immediate football action that's just passed for us to uh, uh, dissect. So in that case, I reckon we should probably bring in a little bit of this. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, it is time to pick that one out where the podders each get a short window to bring up an issue. They're struggling to let go, other than, of course, all of the issues we've already talked about that we're all struggling to let go. Um, If they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, the buzzer sounds. And it's time to let it go, maybe. Um, Sarah, would you like to go first? It's kind of a rhetorical question. Uh, I'm just getting my prop. Wow. Well, uh, this is good, especially for the listeners. <laughs> I'm feeling like my plastic canary from, from the 90s, I think, was the last time we saw these again. I, I've really gone retro tonight, haven't I? I was going to say the hat and the canary are, are obviously um, esteemed buddies. Um, do you want to begin now or, or is it essentially a hug for 30 seconds? Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a rant tonight. I, norm- I normally have a rant about most things, but I... I just saw my canary on the shelf and he hasn't been inflated for a while and he's just kind of like sadly deflating. And I and I just thought I needed to bring him along because I think we all need to maybe hug our canaries to feel a bit better about the, about the world. I, I can't rant about anything. I'm just empty of ranting, I'm afraid. Oh, and on that note... Pretty good. Oh, it's very good. I thought you were going to do an analogy of this season when you started talking about the No, I thought about that. That would be more than 30 seconds and it'd buzz me and mm, it, it would be really distracting. I, d- I mean, I did anyway. But um, is it, yeah, it did, I'm glad you mentioned it, this sort of lack of inflation. It did, it did look a bit droopy. <laughs> yeah. He, I think um, we last blew him up maybe at the beginning of the season, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, that air is probably preserved better than... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You just gave up on that one. I did. Yeah. You know, that was a full Norwich City yeah. uh, analogy there. I just gave up on it with about <laughs> 20 minutes to go. Um, Steve, would you like to have a go? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, this is less of a rant, really, just a, more of an observation if we're allowed those. I did look at the team sheet, the same as a lot of people on Saturday, and thought, that midfield, why have we still got two Scottish players in that midfield? But what I would like to say is, they were not the reason that we lost on Saturday. In fact, I think the worst of the three was Matthias Norman. And I think that speaks to a bigger problem. I wonder if our fan base slightly overrate him because I'm not 100% sure how much he's bringing to us at the moment. And I feel like he's a bit of a Paul Pogba figure. The idea is better than the reality. Oh, wow. am, I, is that, am I being too harsh? Being um, too harsh? No, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't great on Saturday. Things haven't been going well for him since since the hair colour changed. Oh, that's what it is. Yes. Well, uh, yes, I did did an evening with um, Matthias Norman and uh, (laughs) Sam Byram, and I think a a young child from... uh, A young child. uh, A a young Norwich fan from the audience. um, I think it might have been George. Apologies, maybe not. um, Asked uh, asked him outright whether he was going to... what he was going to do about his hair. Um, And he did promise at that point to dye it again if he scored or Norwich won at Southampton. Um, which obviously didn't happen um and then uh, if not then if norwich stayed up he would um that, so. would, ex- that would explain his performance in that game um, <laughs> yeah, i'm not doing that um i yeah i would say matthias has has been um has been quiet quiet since he came back from yeah he's been quieter injury. since his injury has been supposedly fixed but I think um, I think he I think he has done things well. I agree with you entirely that midfield wasn't really the issue on on Saturday, um, but it I I, I think 
I think you're right, Michael. I think he has done things well, but that's part of the problem is you can sort of see what he's capable of, but it, it doesn't it, it doesn't really manifest itself in a in yeah, good 90-minute performances, or at least it doesn't seem the best at the moment. Him, right? I and think when we're playing him, it's not ideal. So mm. Lungi is is the answer to that. Yeah, maybe you could play up. I, I'm I was really disappointed Lucas Rupp didn't um, get to play, which again we're going to bring up in a minute. Um, <laughs> not not in any particular in depth. Um, and I, I I did actually write this down here because in the things we're not going to talk about, I've been really you know didn't really want to talk about Billy Gilmore today. I did I did just want to mention that my piece in this morning spoke about what do you do with the team for two games coming up and who do you play and things like that so it's worth checking that out on the athletic um there is a line which i've seen someone snipped out and has shared along across twitter on billy's contract <laughs> well it is it's it's i'm pretty sure i've written it three or four times i don't think it's a new line but you can't like literally repeat everything all the time but yeah essentially billy gilmore's contract is 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 not about him having to play but norwich's loan fee um reduces the more he plays um so that is some sort of incentive but it, Billy Gilmore isn't playing because it saves Norwich money. It's because be. it's not. Well, it's it's clearly not. It's because Dean Smith rates. rates him. And actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I think Dean Smith loves stats. He said he's a stats nerd. And if you look at someone like Billy Gilmore, his stats look good. He looks like he keeps the ball really well. He is a looks like a progressive passer. No one switched the ball more than Billy Gilmore mm-hmm. this season. He look, does look after the ball. I think he's probably got a pretty decent dual percent winning percentage and things like mm-hmm. that. And when you write it down on paper, he he looks he looks good. I just watch him in this team, and I, I just don't. I, I and I've seen him a lot now, obviously. And there are again things he does well, but he's just not the player Norwich need. And what happens next will be really interesting because I think he's a facilitator. He could quite easily go into a good team like Chelsea and start making things happen for other people. And mm. that could definitely happen. If it doesn't happen from at Chelsea, um, I can see Norwich getting the blame for causing him issues in his career and for that being a loan move that's really damaged him. And I think that would be harsh because I don't, I don't, I don't think it was the right loan move. I don't think it's because the loan move happened. I, it would be just as much about the fact that he hasn't really played a lot of football before arriving at Norwich. So no one really, I think, knew everything he was capable of at this level. But I don't know. And, and it a, wasn't the type of midfielder we needed to fill that skip hole, right? Well, I think he's a, a technically good player playing in a, the wrong team for him. Let's let's be honest here. Norwich City lost their two best players when they got promoted and they have completely suffered without them. And that's just... The yep. fact. And never replaced never replaced either of them. Still no, never no. replaced them. Um yes. Um now Sarah, we were at we were at the nest on Sunday. Let's have a quick chat about this. Um was which was exciting. which was fun. Um uh it was quite a big uh, big uh, day for the Canaries Trust as well. Do you want to mention that? Yeah, so as you guys know and hopefully some of your listeners know for us at the trust we've been supporting the women's team over the last season a bit more in terms of um we've sponsored one of the players and some of the other fan groups have sponsored some of the players as well like the american canaries and new york canaries did some crowdfunding to sponsor players and yesterday was um the game that we sponsored up at the nest um sponsorship is a bit different for the women's team than the men's team it, it sort of allows the team to function and to, and to go to away games um so that, so you you know your your player doesn't benefit from the sponsorship you give but the money goes into the pot overall to help the team um and we were obviously allowed to take some guests and we we invited your good self 
as well as some others up Free to the nest to actually see the women's team in action and to experience a game. I mean, they're in their own relegation battle. And, and yesterday, the difference in quality between the top of the league who they were playing, hashtag United, with their funding from YouTube and crowdsourcing was, I think, evident versus the, the Norwich team who are currently third from Bournemouth in that league and, you know, and could be in danger of dropping out into the fifth tier, I think, of the, the women's pyramid. Let's hope, let's hope they sort of, let's hope that it doesn't that doesn't no, happen. And, and there's some there's some weird mathematical thing. It's not clear it's the bottom four that go down. Apparently. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what it I like. Could, it could be the bottom three, depending yeah. on where the teams that get relegated from the league above are from, whether they're in the South League or the North League. So then that impacts how many go from Anyway, so it could be there with the rights, right? Hey, if, yeah, well, we hope so because it's been a big South get relegated. Who knows? Exactly. Well, it's, we hope so because it's been a big, it's been a big few um, weeks for the for the women's team, and obviously they're now fully under the Norwich City umbrella, yeah. and we'll see how that develops over the coming months and seasons, definitely. And um, and the the Canaries Trust are now fully on board with the her game. Yep. So to... yesterday as well, we announced that we're. Uh, an official partner of the Her Game 2 movement. We've been involved in with the movement and with the team there since the moment they launched. Um, and there's a, a couple of Nor- uh, Norwich City reps already, I think, so we'll be connecting with them to make sure that we're, we're all working together. Um, the club itself, Norwich City, uh, were fully supportive of us signing up um, and we'll continue to, to work with them to encourage them to, to sign up as well. I mean, it, it, it's only a good thing. You know, we should all be working to make sure all the games, wherever we play, are in- inclusive and welcoming. One hundred percent, indeed. Um, and I mean, it does sound. I mean, I don't know. You might not be able to talk about this, Sarah, but to me, it does sound like the club will be will be involved in her game too at some point. They're just trying to pick their moment. Whether that makes something a bigger deal because they aren't yet part of it, I don't know. But you know, it's up to them, isn't it? I'm sure they'll get there in the end, and then. It'll be a lovely big moment when it happens. Um, the other thing I just wanted to um, mention, Shay Hutchinson has joined Braintree, I believe, or, and he has left Norwich City. Um, this is a, a young kid who has uh, has been um, a promising footballer. He's also had to have two kidney transplants. Um, I think I was one of the first people to really speak to him about it for The Athletic, so you can read that story there. I mean, he's back playing football after two transplant operations, which is remarkable in itself. Um, he's a great kid, and um, and he's still playing football, so I wish him loads of luck. Um, obviously, it wasn't meant to be with Norwich, but um, good luck to him and wherever he goes um, next. And I hope he gets to have a long and healthy and successful career because he's a... He's a good he's a good man and uh, it'd be great to see him go on to do that. Um in that case, I oh, think just, just before oh. you move on, Michael, just yes. uh, speaking of um good luck to wherever they go next, uh Daniel Farker has uh, has left oh, yeah. Krasnodar as well. So um without taking be, charge of a game. Without taking charge of a single game. So it'll be interesting to see where he, he rocks up next. Um it will be. Indeed. <laughs> I wonder where. I wonder where. Um yeah, that's a fascinating one. That um Good shout. Good luck, Daniel, and the team. Um, right. Uh, let's have a half-time sting, shall we? Yeah. Now, I can't remember if I've done this already. 
But uh, I did want to give an on-the-ball shout-out to um, Rudy and Steve and uh, Wally, who I didn't meet, (laughs) but, you know, he was name-checked by Rudy and and Steve. Uh, They're all from the um, West Norfolk Canaries, and I was on the train with them from uh, Norwich to Liverpool in in midweek, whenever it was. which is a wonderful train. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, they were, they were on their way to the game and um, I, I'd been meaning to give them a shout out in my post-match videos and kept forgetting. So um, I've, I've now remembered on this podcast and uh, at some point I'll have to drop their names into that. But um, in, in fairness to Rudy, I think he predicted that Norwich would draw 1-1 at Anfield and then win the penalty shootout. Oh, wow. So, I mean, he wasn't a million miles away with the full-time score, Um but I don't think Liverpool miss penalties. So I think the leg of that bit might have been a bit trickier. But uh, but there we go. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed your enjoyed your evening in uh, in Liverpool. And uh, I'm sure I'll bump into you from West Norfolk at some point in the future as well. Um, no centrefold this week. Um, but as I've sort of plugged twice already, I did want to um, flag up my interview with Lucas Rupp. Oh, he's got Lucas an interview with Lucas Rupp. Oh, yeah, 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 did, yeah. So you can read that on The Athletic. And it, well... I mean, he's been at the club, you know, two and a bit years. I know he's been injured for a bit of it, but I, I couldn't have told you much about Lucas Rupp. That was the mm. thing. And I was like, I want to know more about Lucas Rupp. And, you know, I thought like I'd timed it perfectly because he then went and started against Liverpool and yeah. scored. And I was like, away you go, son. And then, of course, his hamstrings were still a bit tight and he couldn't play against uh, Brentford, which, you know, some could argue is when it all started to go wrong on Saturday with the, with the team sheet. Um, would they have played him if you think he was fit? Do you think he'd have made the starting eleven? I think so. I, I mean, so, I would have started him. Yeah, I would. Um, I mean, he scored from midfield. Did you see that? He actually scored a goal from midfield. And it wasn't only that. It was the fact that he was winning the ball. He was in these sort of high pockets higher up the pitch and he was winning the ball quite high up and then had people to feed the ball to, which is something none of the other midfielders have done all season from what I can see. So It feels like Gilmore is the rep of two years ago now. Rupp was the guy who no one wanted in the team and now he's the guy everyone wants in the team. So, um, Michael, what was the... Tell us something about Lucas Rupp we didn't already know. Does he... Do you like chess? Does he do crochet? Like, did you what, what did you find out about him that you didn't know? Well, I did ask him about his likes. What does he do around Norwich? So uh, I think he he likes. Uh, I know got this. Time we could do, oh, can, 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 I've forgotten. Sarah. I just so admitted could... to not reading the article there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, it was just a play, wasn't it, to get the questions out. That's um, <laughs> I, I can't remember. What did he say, Sarah? Can you remember? He said remember? he liked going to the beach, especially at Winterton, didn't he? Winterton, yes. Oh. Which And every footballer likes Winterton or Norwich footballer. It's, great beach um, to be That's there, what Norman, Matthias Norman said. It is a great a beach, yeah. Crystal erosion, but great beach. Yes, there's less of it now, definitely. And the cafe, original cafe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so he, um, uh, yes, uh, likes uh, beach walking. Um, he, his dad was a professional handball player oh, okay. in Germany, um, but he didn't like handball. Didn't, didn't no. really, he played it and didn't really like it at all, so, um, so he took up football. Uh, he started playing golf, although not very well. We, we both oh. laughed about our, our mutual lack of golfing ability. Um, sure. And a lot of uh, personal fitness and yoga as well. There we go. Yeah, he looks like the kind of guy to be into yoga. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's got the he's got the right facial hair for it, hasn't he? <laughs> um, but it's just things like you know he he you know he was signed by Julian Nagelsmann at Hoff, uh, um, Hoffenheim, so you know he's got to work with one of the most wow. promising. 
coaches in the world. And, you know, you sort of underplay that a little bit. Really interesting. And there was a bit that didn't go in where I spoke to him about the different positions he'd played mm-hmm. and um, and what that sort of meant in terms of how he was playing them and things like that and couldn't fit it in. But that, that was really interesting because I'd almost assumed that communication was less important higher up the pitch because you, you'd be more working off your vision and things like that. But that's not, that's not well, the case, he felt. And why does he when he was that, playing... Sorry. Go on, Steve. I was just going to say, remember when he was playing right wing ahead of Emmy Buendia yeah. in the Premier League? That, I mean, that's, an answer, that's not an answer to Sarah's question because I'm going to guess that's where he doesn't prefer playing. But that was a bizarre time in all of our lives, wasn't it? Well, I don't think, I don't think Lucas um, lacks belief in his ability. So mm-hmm. I, I think he feels like he could play that role. But it, it, it was interesting where he would sort of say he'd, he'd be asking people, look, do you want me to cover the inside or the outside when I'm playing in that role? And they wouldn't, in which circumstances, and he wouldn't always get an answer. So he had to kind of answer it himself, <laughs> which I think when he oh. had been in previous clubs, the coach would tell him precisely what, what he wanted. That was the impression I got. So, um, yeah, were you going to ask his preferred, his preferred role, yeah. Sarah? Um, yeah, I think his preferred role was in... Um, as an, one of the two eights in a four-three-three. So if you picture a four-three-three in the midfield three, it'd be one of the two either side of the six, which is the holding one. Yeah, so, which is pretty much where we would all play yeah. him, isn't it? Literally yeah, yeah. the uh, formation he's being left out of right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he, yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's not fit. He's he is Sorry. not fit to play. And I apparently he'll be fit for Thursday. So okay. I mean, I would start him. I would start him on Thursday. Cool. Um, I'd start Jonathan Rowe on Thursday. Well, I tell you what. Before we get stuck oh, into that, oh, sorry. let me get my sting out. <laughs> Let's do a bit of that. Where's, where's John? John? John, are you here, John? This is almost fantasy football. There's John. Um, time to look ahead to uh, the picture we've got um, to paint, whatever that link is. Um, Norwich City, forthcoming seven days. We have Chelsea at home on Thursday and then Leeds at home, uh, Leeds away on Sunday. Two games which, if you'd asked us that question about three weeks ago, would have been on completely different days. Uh, one of them in another week's time. <laughs> I, I still can't really get my head around that. And neither can Dean Smith. Um, in fact, I think most people at Norwich are fairly livid about the Chelsea game. Um Past experience tells me that means they'll just be in a sulk and be rubbish. Whereas I'd like to think it would be like I fire fire them up and really get stuck in. Um, although it's not that it's Chelsea's fault. Obviously, it was the Premier League who made the decision. I guess Chelsea were like, yeah, right. <laughs> just but like, why is there a spate of Premier League games on Thursday and Sunday? Why are they not on Wednesday and Saturday? I don't understand why they've all been moved around. It's weird. I'm. Um, I'm guessing they're moving some games forward because of the other games they've still got to get in that are being rearranged. Um, the reason but it's a th- but, but yeah, but why Thursday's not a, that's not a day for football. It's, it's not. I'm um, my yoga, and now yeah. I can yoga class. Yeah, he might have a class. He's got to cancel. Oh gosh, yeah, good point. Well, normally there wouldn't be a Premier League game in that midweek at all because there's Champions League fixtures. Oh. Um, but they're having to use it because of the backlog. So then the question is, when do you play? So there's apparently an unwritten agreement between the Premier League and UEFA that they won't play Premier League games on Champions League games. But mm. two weeks ago, I think it was, Tottenham United. played Burnley on the same night United were playing Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So Dean Smith's opinion, Norwich's opinion is that, well, that 
precedent's been set. So you could have played the game on the Wednesday. Yeah. But I'm guessing because it's a gentleman's agreement, they don't want to do that if they can't. And whatever it is, at some point, they felt that Norwich didn't have a meaningful say. <laughs> um and so that's why we're on the Thursday. Um, and then I, I'm not sure why the Leeds game got put back because it's not on telly, is it? I think that's something to do oh, with... Oh, I think that's something... To, or is it on the telly? Well, weren't Leeds or... Leeds might have already been playing on that Thursday, I think. So yeah, I, think I have it, a feeling, yeah, uh, that game's been... Yeah. yeah, I think so, Leeds were before us and then our game got moved after that. It was pushed back to the Sunday. Yeah. But it's just like the odds all stacked against us, really. Yeah, it's like people <laughs> not really caring if they annoy Norwich. Um so who are we going to play against Chelsea then? We we have had a couple of um a couple of uh, uh, teasers from you there, Sarah. Who who yeah. are you playing? Well, is it well, change? Is it time to change it up? Yeah, bring the kids on. So so my kids have two uh, differing opinions on this. That the teenager thinks pretty much stick the under twenty threes on because you've got nothing to lose and see what they do. Um, and and the youngster says we should be playing a line in midfield because no one would be expecting that. <laughs> well, it depends which way is this line going. Yeah, horizontal, I do vertical. I could eat every single player on the pitch, but he said that that's okay. I think it's a lion, Michael. As yeah, we need a lion. lion. Yeah, yeah, a lion on the pitch. Uh, for me, um, I, I don't know. I would shake it up. I mean, they've got nothing to lose. They're going to have one game this season that totally surprises us. Maybe it's Thursday night. There'll be one game where they will surprise us, and everything will gel. Come on, I have, I'm allowed to keep one bit of optimism. You are. And Thursday I'm... night might be that game, right? It'll be no. something completely against the odds that no one's expecting. Which I'm just hoping we haven't already... Get ...crushed at Leeds away, but it could be. It could be Thursday night, but I, I would seriously... I would, I would play the team that were winning and were playing well, and I would get Sorensen back in that midfield, and I would get Leeds Malou back in that midfield, and... I would start with Jonathan Rowe. Uh, you know, Pookie has to start because there's, there's no other striker. <laughs> and somehow we have to find a way to play a game that allows him to not be running around feeding off scraps and putting tackles in, in our, in our half, right? I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be Pookie at the moment. Okay, so we're building a team here. We're building a team. Oh so, yeah, sorry, I went, I went a bit off there. No, no, but that was good. That was good because we, we had, we had bits there. <laughs> that, that could have been my to... rant. Poor Pookie. Poor Pookie. The goat. What, um, what formation are you playing, Sarah? Or do you care? Oh, I don't really care. Just one where they actually figure out how to mark at the back post. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. For, that sounds like a great formation. <laughs> to be fair to you. Um, I mean, we haven't actually, Steve, touched on the fact that Max Aaron's oh, sat yeah. on a league bench for the first time in his career since making his debut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to think, has he ever done that? I don't think he has, nope. has he? No. Um, no, yeah, uh, that's an interesting dynamic. I think Byron was arguably, you know, it was a short was list, it, but right? I think he was I think he was maybe our best player on, uh, on yeah. Saturday. I still, I don't know. I still feel like I would like to see Max back. I think possibly against Chelsea where slightly kind of more movement. But I can see why Byron was brought in and certainly because of the physical threat that Brentford have and obviously because of the performances he's put in I think I would still like to see Max back on th on Thursday nothing against the way Byron played I just think he'll be better suited to that level of opposition um, <coughs> we obviously won't be seeing Gilmore for sure um, which I think some people will be pleased about and which probably means we will see Lucas Rupp and I think I probably would just about throw Jonathan Rowan um, I do feel like 
we're just clinging on to whatever we can at the moment and the hype is going a little bit too far with him because yes. I don't really think he's done a but, lot. But at, but at the same time... He attacked. He did. He and and I, I, I also think that you, you can't... You can't play the final eleven games with the same front three, or and Poheta's not really going to give you anything neither as Dow. So I do kind of think you might as well mix it up just to keep them on their yep. toes. And I sort of think Roe deserves it more than anyone else. I suspect it will still be Rashida Sargent and Pookie, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing Roe for for Sargent, yep. for instance. I think um, my view is that the time will come for Jonathan Jonathan Roe to start a game. Definitely, I think it's 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 for for him development wise working perfectly fine at the moment that he comes on for 25 20 minutes half an hour as long as it's a good chunk i think that's a, that's ideal because he's doing good moments but mm-hmm. to do that from the start i mm-hmm. think for 60 minutes mm-hmm. is asking a lot because there's there's still so much that's raw about what he does mm-hmm. and i think you have to be realistic and you can't go we're rubbish we're going to go down Quick, let's start Jonathan Rowe. That's just not fair on him, I don't think. And, and in fairness, I, I think that's how Dean Smith sees it as well. So cue him starting on Thursday. Um, but, um, but, but I don't so see what I, else you shake up, right? I don't see who else on the bench well, to bring on. I mean, that's ultimately, the Ultimately, at the moment, Norwich have got no forward options. So if, if you have to keep starting with Milo, Pookie and Sargent yeah. as your three, you just got to do it. I don't care. I think you could change other parts of the team, probably. Just just a quick one in the uh, that's kind of come in the comments um, from oh. Rob Skagnelli. Sorry yeah. if I said that wrong. I know obviously we'll talk about how ridiculous it is they've got no forward options because we've got all the rest of the season to talk about that. But is is there still an option to play four four two? Because it is a fair point that the best mm-hmm. we've looked certainly under Smith this season has been with a front two. But can we actually do that with the squad that? With, with the players that we've got, it would leave us pretty much nothing on the bench. But is it worth a go? Yeah, I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think they could have done it against Manchester City or Liverpool, and mm-hmm. I don't think they can do it against Chelsea. Um, no. So Maybe. the actual the actual options that they've had to do that have been quite limited. They could have possibly done it at Southampton, mm-hmm. um, um, and I think you can. I don't think it's. I think Adam was playing really well and mm. was absolutely ideal for it. So I think you have to expect that you could try it and it just won't look as good mm. because you're going to be relying on Josh really doing that central yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. I think, and then you could start with Jonathan Rowe in the wider role, which I wouldn't want to do personally for the reasons I've just said. Um, so then you're looking at Poheta probably playing as the as the as the as the, as the wide player, and then we start us probably a conversation about the January transfer window and recruitment. And then we're here for another four days. Yeah, yeah. That's for um, another podcast, Michael. We've got so many, so many more yeah. to come. Yeah. Pace, and, pace and whether ourselves. they should have recalled players in that, in that transfer window, that's come up a few times in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Leeds, I could see them trying it at Leeds and they might have to, mm-hmm. to be honest. So, yeah. Um, which is on the Sunday. So yeah, I think we've covered both things off then. Oh, who plays the centre back? Um, what I mean, oh. I, I'm assuming that Williams keeps his place. Yep. Let's keep. Well, you actually, I would keep Sam Byram in there, but you've you've said Max Aarons, which is fine. That's a really good competitive spot. Tim Krul obviously stays in goal. Who's your centre back pairing? Same two. You'd go right. same two. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't be throwing Kabak in. <laughs> I mean, no. What about Zimbo? I, Zimbo's back. Had a good game, I thought. And then he did all right. I 
I just think I like Gibson and Hanley were not good at all on Saturday, <laughs> but I just think it's the best partnership you've got. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think you've got any yeah. anything more on the bench. Maybe former Bamadeli was around, possibly, but I, yeah. I, I just don't think I would. Yeah, I mean, we're basically the point where we've Sorry. got to stick with what we've got. That's my wow. feeling on it too. Yeah. Sorry, I I just think it, that is another situation where it's like, oh, why don't we play this player? But uh, really, is it yeah, genuinely going to improve it? The I don't think it like I don't see who I would, who I would really want in the team. Michael, you don't uh, agree? Sorensen, maybe. I well, I, I think there's a case, and it would probably be a suck it and see job. But there's pro- there's a case to play Zimmerman and um, mm-hmm. Hanley on Saturday, on Thursday, if only so that it, you know. Is a reset, and then we have leads. But um, is you know, is there much to lose? And at some least of them then... might have got knocks and need to rest, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, and midfield, we haven't even picked up. Our, so if oh, if just I'm everyone, shuffle on and see if anyone notices. Four three three. I'm going to put. I'm going to have Matthias, Lucas, and Pierre. Oh, who's yours, Steve? I, I honestly, I, I would chuck Sorensen in. I just yep. think we've never, we've not had a bad game really when he started. And um, I one. think he's limited, but I do think he's a, a yeah. one of our. He's he's in our best midfield. If it was me, I would play Sorensen, uh, Norman, and Rook. But I think it will be Norman, McLean, and Rook. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree, Sarah. Uh, I would go Rupp, Sorensen. Ooh. Lee's Malou, maybe. Oh, complete change. Oh, and with apologies to Maddie, it's Sernson. Obviously, oh, I knew that. Oh, doing, no. doing so head, well. Sorry, Maddie. Spelling and everything. Sernson. Yeah, I'll get back on that. Now we, yeah. It wasn't my fault we got injured. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Sernson. Brilliant. Um, were there any other other questions, Steve, that you um, noted? or um... Um, Just one from Simon Smith at Bang on 9 o'clock. Now that FIFA have said that any foreign players can break their contracts with Russian clubs, do you think we'll be able to sign Norman permanently? That might be one for you, Michael. I don't know whether you've given this any thought. That's interesting. Have FIFA actually said that? Was, <laughs> That's um, a very good point. If I, they there, do, was bit, <laughs> there was a bit of speculation <laughs> yeah. around today saying that it could be a thing. Mm-hmm. I think Nottingham Forest had asked, but apparently not because they obviously want to sign anyone from Russia <laughs> and they might go promoted. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything. Just, just out of the goodness of their hearts for all of football, Nottingham <laughs> Forest thought that this would be a good point for them to take up. Um, so I don't believe that FIFA... I, no, I might be wrong. I might have missed it. Apologies. Um, and please correct me if FIFA have literally come out and said that is the situation. Um, I'm reliably informed that in terms of his loan deal, nothing is affected. So that makes me think that Norwich paid an upfront fee for him for the season mm-hmm. and are paying all his wages directly to to mm-hmm. um, to Matthias. And therefore, yeah. there's no actual transactions taking place um, because it was literally like, no, it's nothing to do with it. So then I, it takes us to the summer. Um uh, I, I guess if there's a yeah, if if there's a obligation, well, it's not an obligation, an option in place. Then what happens with that in, in that situation will probably depend on what FIFA's rulings are and, and all of those sort of things. I mean, uh, I, I, it would seem like a, an incredible thing for FIFA to uh, rule on. I don't know if mm. there's a precedent for that, um, so I don't know. But also, I'm not sure we're in that situation as yet. And if if I'm honest. 
I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know if I can see Matthias being here next season if Norwich are in the championship because they're not going to be able to afford his wages, first and foremost. However much he loves it here, um, there'll always be another club that will pay more money. So, um, but, you know, he's a really lovely guy. Speaking mm-hmm. to him the other day was an absolute joy. I really like him as a player and I'd have him here in a heartbeat. But um, mm-hmm. maybe, and someone made this point a few weeks ago, maybe you know, saving some money on one of the other signings to have secured Matthias Norman permanently at the time might have been something of a more sensible decision yeah. back in the summer. But, you know, we can save that one for another time. Dizzy days of optimism. Beautiful. Well, um, I think in that case, I reckon we're done, if everyone's happy, and we'll um, wrap it up for the 99th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that is half expecting Roman Abramovich to rock up for the game on Thursday. Uh, if you get to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on their usual player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. Just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic, Norwich City, and your preferred social media platform. Hopefully it'll show up. Uh, ratings and reviews, whenever prompted, are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, send me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, a big thank you to our guests this fine evening. Steve, thank you so much. Our pleasure as always, Michael. Thank you. Top work. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And thank you for coming to the women's game at the Nest yesterday, Michael. We really appreciated it. Absolutely. My pleasure to to take it in. I really enjoyed it. And I will be back there again. Um, Right. Well, we will be back uh, next week for a fresh bout of Canaries Capers in another and indeed our 100th edition of the On The Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. <gasps> Steve, Sarah, all you Twitters out there, welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this part of the podcast for the first time and wondering what's going on, then listen to On The Ball Pod number 42. That was live on September the 8th, 2020, when everything seems so exciting. Um, and uh, we'll explain it all. We did explain it all there. You can email this bonus part of the podcast directly, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S at iCloud.com or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what it's about because this is a secret club for only those who discover it, which is us three and you. So that is lovely. Um, I was just trying to see what the Everton score was because uh, as... Uh, <laughs> It's five. It's five, five nil, nil now. And, uh, five nil down, and oh, no, there's less. The an hour hasn't. The hour hasn't gone yet. So I'm sorry. Okay. What? It's five nil, and there's not an hour gone yet. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I'm just looking at it while you were closing up there, Michael. Obviously, I love loved your endings to the show always, but on this occasion, I was just checking the score, and it's 58 minutes gone, and Spurs are five nil up, and there the go. first Fourth goal three. was a Michael Keenan goal. So he just uh, he loves it. He just loves scoring for the other wow. team. Wow. Wow. So, well, in fairness, I mean, I have just unilaterally kept writing Everton out of it because it's like they never go down. Never yeah. overestimate Lampard. Is what say. The <laughs> well, Lampard factory. Lampard's Everton. I mean, there's a lot going on at that club at the moment, in fairness. Um, it must be pretty unsettling. So um, imagine if we went down with them. 
I mean, I've sort of written out, oh. written off the fact that we could stay up in place of them. But imagine, imagine if we go down with them. I mean, I get, that is maybe a debate for another day. Who would we like to go down with? It's a fun <laughs> debate, isn't it? It's always a good one. We always have that one. Each relegation, there's always that period. <laughs> yeah. oh, who would you like it's to like go down with? The championship table to see who's leaving that and who might be coming up. Yeah. Aren't, I mean, um, the, the, sorry, I was going to say, aren't Burnley in like serious financial trouble if they go down? Is, is what I mm. may have heard. And in which case. I mean, not that I wish ill on another club, but that might be a potential promotion rival on uh, out of the way, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you do look at the championship and think, oh, that's yeah. like, you know, that's not like Luton a fourth. You're a bit like, Oof. but, you know, it's easy to say that when you do well in the championship all the time. I also but remember Luton, it could be quite hard. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Um Oh, well, we'll save the relegation debate for another one, unless anyone wants to um, wants to let us know who they'd like to go down. Um, oh, here we go. Look, here we go. Stephen Murphy's been in touch. I hope Everton go down instead of you guys. I Thanks, believe Stephen. that Stephen Murphy is a Liverpool fan. Liverpool fan. He, mm-hmm. he may, because he was welcoming us back to Anfield for another game. Um, oh. I've got news for you, Stephen. I, it may be a while before we're back, unless the, <laughs> cup, unless the cup gods draw us together again. And I really hope they don't. I mean, I was literally, there, there's a big old new stand they're building. Just started. I was thinking, hmm, wonder whether that will be built when I'm <laughs> or full or actually five years old. Um, uh, a couple of bits then for Twitter, because I just wanted to mention, uh, Jamie Allison um, had uh, mentioned, I think in past, uh, past uh, wit's end, we'd mentioned players and their chance, because all players love their chance, obviously. And he'd suggested Michael Turner didn't, particularly like his uh his chant let me see if i can find um exactly what was, what. His? What was it um let me say it was in a message hold on two seconds this is terrible preparation obviously um uh, he says uh, i uh, jamie says i remember there being a rumor michael turner disliked the he used to be shh but now he's all right chant um, um, that's the most which, inspirational chant is it you, you, you can <laughs> Not only have you said he wasn't very good in the first place, but um, he's now also, no better than all right. He's now right. average. Yeah. Um, having him with faint praise there, but you know, I, again, Matthias Norman, he 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 just re- recounted his entire chant um, and actually corrected the fan who sang it to him when I was at this uh, Norwich City fan social club uh, forum with him. So oh, that's um, nice. he's well aware of. Yeah, you know, he's he's well there. He's well in there. Maybe he will stay. It's that beach at Winston. Yes, it's a winner for everyone. Um, oh, and the other one I was going to mention, which was um, from Canaries Down Under. Good day. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, I remember when Tony Cotty joined. That was special, which I think was in a nod to last week's, which obviously I wasn't on. Steve? Yes. Uh, we were talking about the sort of surprise. I think we were, we were seeing if there were any comparable signings to Christian Eriksen. Um, and Dan was talking about Martin Peters. And now we have Tony Cotty in that <laughs> as well. I, I remember that. I, I couldn't. I, he scored at Stockport away, I think, which is his first goal after his free transfer move from Everton, I would guess. Mm, what, mm, yeah, maybe Leicester. He was at Leicester for a while. Or I maybe think. Leicester. Yeah. I mean, he was I mean, like. Wasn't he like 35. nearly 40? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was getting on. The game with Steve Walsh, both um, in the uh, twilight of their careers, I think is how you'd probably. I mean, that, it on football cliches. That puts where we are now in some kind of perspective, doesn't it? You know. Oh, I, I, 
I, I'm well. I, I honestly think in three or four years' time we'll be going about how good these times were, and yeah. maybe no one actually thought it at the time we were getting beaten three one at home by Brentford. I remember we had Billy Gilmore, wasn't that amazing? He's like he's like a Scottish, you know, Messi, yeah. Scottish Kante, is he? Um, uh, so yeah, um, uh, yeah. But Tony Cotty scored his first goal. It may have been his only goal in the end, to be honest. In a two nil win was. at Stockport, I was going to go, but there was a fuel crisis and there were queues yeah. at the forecourts. We never made it to see Tony yeah. Scott. Tony Cotty score for Norwich. So it's my Tony Cotty story. Um, the one thing I haven't mentioned was uh, Delia Smith's appearance on Lorraine Kelly, oh. but maybe, maybe I didn't even know. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. She, she's been everywhere. She was on the one show as well. Oh, okay. That's good. Did, Are did you an avid watcher? Because she looks on that one. Uh, no, but someone I know works at the publishers that's publishing her book that she was on the shows talking about. Now. Ah. Well, there we go. There you go. Are, you, are you an avid watcher of Lorraine then, Michael? Is it is it because you work from home no. these days? You switch it on in the in the mornings. No, no, I I know I, I saw the Metro story that was written off the oh. back of it. Um, so you can all just Google that one if you want to. Um, um, and there were a few empty seats. We didn't actually mention it. I was going to mention it, but there were a few empty seats on Saturday, weren't they? Like even yep. kickoff. Yeah. Yep. Well, there definitely were with half an hour to go. <laughs> When that third goal went in, they were streaming it. Yeah, that, oh, I, that, I wonder if that's a comment on the sta- you know standard of play lately that we, people have been complaining about that, haven't they? There was a there was a curious situation for the supporters, really, wasn't it? Who did they? You know, Norwich concede a fourth goal. The supporters are like, oh for goodness sake, up they get lots of them, <laughs> thousands of them get out. Then the goal gets disallowed. So do they go? Oh no, three's not so bad. I'm now <laughs> going to come back in, or because I, I think they some definitely came back. But most, I think, still left. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see many come back into the ground near where we were. That is a tail between your legs moment, isn't it? Really, <laughs> oh, it's only um, three. <laughs> they, they missed Pookie's goal. You see, mm. think of well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was you're still hanging around for a good half an hour. I would say after to, to witness that. Um, I was going to ask you, Michael, are you um, contractually obliged to go along to an evening with Dino and Shaky? <laughs> Um, I'm not contractually obliged. But will but you I'd, be going to? I probably you? would like to go. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to hear what they have to say. And it, um, when is it that is that in a couple of weeks? When is it? Is it in the break, the international break? Uh, yeah, it probably is now they've got like three weeks of no football. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's, it's sort of been like the way they've advertised it, though. It, it's almost like it's some kind of old school comedy double act like cannon and ball or something that are coming to Norwich. it's really bizarre like been... why have they called them dino and shaky it's just oh, like yeah. it's like battling they go off to battlings next or something like that maybe they're going to be bingo or something it yeah like... i'm not quite yeah i must admit that like <laughs> i genuinely again to bring up the forum the other night i don't when i mention craig to matthias um, norman i don't think he knew who i was talking about <laughs> i think someone had okay. to explain that he is shaky um and you know i don't you know just that is uh, yeah. just what they're known as fair enough i'm i'm up for dino and shaky i didn't know if craig shakespeare was going to come on and like do some observational comedy or something that would be great <laughs> i would definitely I would, go to that if... i wouldn't put it past them i think it's been taglined men on a mission hasn't it so um <laughs> um and then they they both the yeah, like you think they've been drawn they've been stood they're stood next to a yellow and green capri yes that's so, it which what? is great um, I'm, I'm personally hoping they actually arrive in a. It looks complete. like some some 1970s cop show, right? Uh, Which would be brilliant. I'm getting a lot of mixed messages about this. Can, maybe you can find out from whoever's <laughs> put that out there, Michael. Like what 
what are they what are they going for with this like what's the who's the target audience and all this i think stuff? like in, like anything you you know you have your you have what you've built you know your hipster german innovative um football development and then it doesn't work so you throw it all out and you stick two men in brown leather jackets next to a capri <laughs> yeah. and call them dino and shaky Maybe that's just what we are now. Maybe that's I think what that's just what we are now. And the sooner we come to terms with it, the better. I'll be there, Steve. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, I mean, on that joyous note, I'm just going to end actually. James Hot- Hotchkiss. I, sorry, James. I can't say his surname. Thomas Helveg. Hel- no, or his. Thomas <laughs> Helveg was a bit of a marquee signing that didn't live up to the hype. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's easy to probably think of the ones that didn't live up to the hype. I was going to say, have we any that had Hux? Hux did, didn't Hux. he? He was a marquee yeah. signing that did. He's probably Hux the is one. the saviour of yeah. all transfer business that the club has ever done. <laughs> yeah, we um, had that in 2003. Yeah, exactly that. Um, right. Okay, I think we're done. If, unless anyone's got uh, Kenny other business? Not for me. Other than all dip- ditching him for the Chelsea game. <laughs> Sorry, Good Ken. job he doesn't watch. Um, right. Well, in that case, uh, I'll leave you all to say goodbye on three. Um, Steve, absolute joy as always. Thank you so much. Sarah, Thank brilliant you. having you on. Hope we get to do it again soon. Love to the family and uh, Pikachu. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, if you can all say goodbye on three, that'd be lovely. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. And there they go. What stellar crew. Um, Remember to get in touch by sending a tweet to its end with the hashtag Twitterkers, or you can email us directly, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S at iCloud.com. But until next time, next week, fingers crossed, that's a rope.